to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. Don't limit yourself. Many people limit themselves to what they think they can do. You can go as far as your mind lets you. What you believe, remember, you can achieve. Mary K. Ash. Continuing with the brand new series titled, There is Greatness Inside You, Bishop Clark uses the book of 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, as the background scripture for part one of the message, Unlocking Your Best and Highest. The greatest and the most potent uh, sanitizer that you could ever, ever touch or embrace is light. Light is the greatest and the first sanitizer. The word of the Lord is light in, in a dark world. And if you can get the word in you, it will sanitize your soul. It will clean out your mind. The fog, the disposition that you've had, it has to leave. It can't stand in the light. It's not even strong enough to. The Bible says darkness can't comprehend it. Darkness gets confused when light shows up. So get the word in you. Get the word of God in you. Get the word in you, please. Get it in you. Uh, become disciplined, a student of the word of God. Take one book and read it all the way through. Have a notepad on the side so you can write down any uh, revelation that God has given you. But you want to read through it. Don't just read one verse, read through it. And just check each verse that stands out to you. You can go back and study it later. But just that diet, getting the word on the inside of you, Doing that on a consistent basis is very, very essential to your development and your growth in God. It's very important that you would do that. It will help you to focus. It will help you to overcome every obstacle in the name of the Lord. I love uh, John. Uh, the, he's John the Revelator. He's, uh, uh, he writes three books in the Bible. St. John, actually, he writes four books, five books in the Bible. He writes St. John, then he writes 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he also writes uh, the book of Revelation. So he writes five uh, books in the Bible. And you want to make sure you read him. I would read him in that order. 1st John, not 1st John, St. John, and then 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, then try to read the book of Revelations. Uh, you will see him as a young man writing St. John, and then a more developed and mature apostle reading, writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He's writing to his church, but in, in, in the one that, that is called Revelations, he's isolated and he's older now, and he writes of revelations to come, things that will come, that will soon take place. But you want to make sure you understand the young writer. John, uh, the revelator, is not the same as John, the synoptic, not one of the synoptic gospel writers. 
when he writes St. John, he's different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke because he writes to the world. And each chapter that he writes, each chapter paints a different portrait of our Lord, a different angle of who Christ is. He writes different from Matthew, which is primarily written to the Jewish people. And then Mark is written to the Romans. The Jewish people, you'll see genealogy. You'll see the track and the genealogy of Jesus because that's important to the Jews. But Mark is written to the Romans and you'll see power. The Romans always wanted to see a powerful God. And Mark is strategic in making sure you understand the power of God. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And uh, you'll see the miracle working power of God and demon spirits being challenged by Jesus and told to hold their peace in the book of Mark. And Luke is written by a man by the name of Luke, but he's written to, he writes to one person, uh, the, the most excellent Theophilus. He also writes the book of Acts. And you want to make sure that you read Luke because he's strategic. He's a physician by trade, very meticulous, and he he's writing to one person. Think about that, but he's meticulous in his writings. He's very strategic. He crosses every T and dots every I, and he only writes to one person. Glory to God. But he talks about the parables that Jesus shared. He's very strong at that, recording the dark sayings and then the revelation that comes. And then he writes the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, which I believe should be called Acts of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit uses the apostles. However, it is called Acts of the Apostles. And he writes to Theophilus again, where he records the moving of the Holy Spirit and reveals to us how Peter began to be magnified in the early church. And then here comes a no-name, a sinner who's saved by grace, chosen from his mother's womb. His name is Saul, changed to Paul as he's headed to Damascus, glory to God, as he's headed to a certain city to wreak havoc against the church, he's arrested by Jesus himself, thrown from his beast, hallelujah, miraculously saved, sanctified and filled with the spirit of God, and he becomes the champion of the new church, hallelujah. He writes most of the New Testament. Now John is a little older than Paul, but Paul becomes the mighty apostle in the New Testament. We're not here to talk about Paul, but we want to talk about John, and I want to give you just a little bit about the man. He writes here 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st John. He's mature now. He's gray. Actually, uh, in John chapter 21, when Jesus revealed himself to the apostles uh, after his resurrection, he was standing on the shore, and he told his disciples to cast on the other side. When they did that, they caught a lot of fish. Peter recognized that it was Jesus. And so instead of him waiting until the boat got on the shore, he dove in the water to swim to him. Uh, you got to understand that he denied Jesus three times uh, when he was being crucified. Jesus told him before the cock crows, thrice you will deny me, or twice you will deny me three times, and it came to pass. And the scripture says that, that Peter was, uh, he grieved over it. And actually, he went back. He forgot that he was supposed to be called to ministry. He went back to his profession, like some people do when they fail, when they go through a, a traumatic experience. They go back to what they're familiar with. Amen. 
But Peter went back to fishing. When he recognized Jesus, he jumped in the water and he swam to Jesus. The Bible said Jesus was cooking on the shore, had some fish for him to eat. He wasn't trying to criticize him. But in the midst of his conversation, he looked at Peter and said, Simon, loveth thou me more than these? <laughs> Peter said, you know I love you. You know, you know, you know I failed you. But you know, I, if you know my heart, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Then he said it the second time, Simon, loveth thou me? more than these he said lord you know i love you he said feed my lamb then he asked him the third time now peter's really grieving the scripture even said and john records it he records it peter simon do you love me he, and the scripture says he was grieved over it lord you know i love it he said feed my sheep now, Peter, after receiving that word from the Lord, he turns around and says to God, well, what about this one? <laughs> like we do in church, you know, I've been running for Jesus a long time, but I see a new one. So what you going to do with that one? Are they about to get promoted? <laughs> what you going to do? They only been here for a little time. They're the youngest of us all. That's what Peter said about John. What are you going to do with him? Jesus said, that's none of your business. Read it right there. I almost told you to touch your neighbor and say, it's none of your business, but don't do that. Don't do that. Because some of y'all need to hear that. It's none of your business. You need to know that in church, it's none of your business. You don't need to know everything that's going on. You don't need to know everything that's going on with God. What we need to do is obey him. That which you do know, you need to take up your, your cross and follow him and do what he will reveal to you what he wants you to know and that's the sovereignty of God you don't know everything about your parents they never told you what they went through they just said clean up your room and you had to do it and this is what we need to know Jesus said to Peter uh, you don't need to worry about John he said if I allow him to live until I come again it's none of your business and actually uh, John was the longest living apostle. Some of them, and you read it there, thought that he was saying he would never die. But actually, God was prophesying to the man that he would live, he would live longer than all of the apostles, and he did. He saw the second and the third generation of the church. I want you to think about that. He's a very old man now, very wise, and he says something about fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. I mean, where do you get that from, man? Where do you get what the revelation of the love of God? Here in 1 John 4, try every spirit. There are many spirits and everybody's trying to get a new voice or find their own. You got to watch that spirit. You got to find your voice. This is what I'm hearing in the country among believers. Finding your voice. What? Who said that? What you need to read is John chapter 4, 1 John 4 and 1. Try the spirits to see if they're of God. Which means every spirit that speaks is not of God. I want to look at it again. It's right. The beloved, believe not every spirit. And the spirit speaks. They do. Notice it's a small s here for spirits because uh, it's talking of demonic spirits. Believe not every spirit or every voice. 
but try or test spirits whether they are of God. Now he's been around the church for three generations and he's seen certain fads come to the church. He's seen people change and shift. They stop wanting to hear the word. They don't come to gatherings where the word is preached. Only when people are speaking with a different voice. Awakening the knowledge that's in a person. Or appealing to something that they feel. Versus conveying what the scripture is saying. Because we are supposed to come up to the word. God is not trying to identify with where you are. He wants you to identify with where he is. Notice the word here. Notice, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now if there are many, that means you should be able to see them. It doesn't mean there's one or two. There's a multitude. Multitude of falsehoods that's going out. So if I ask you to name me five false prophets in our day, you should be able to pull them out. Because you know that they're not teaching the word. Do you know them? You refuse to know them because they're right before your face. They don't go through the scripture. They just speak and appeal to what's going on in your mind. And they're packing stadiums today, but not teaching what this says. When it's time to look at the Bible says in the latter days, they will depart from that and turn to fables. We don't need to read the scripture. That's old stuff. We need new stuff that appeal to us. Look at the second verse. Scripture is clear. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. This is how you would know him. That every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has, has come into the flesh is of God. Now, how many, how many are really saying that? When a spirit speaks to you, just ask. I don't know where you're coming from. Don't know why you showed up in my house. But did Jesus come in the flesh? If it screams ah, and runs away from you, it wasn't God. It, it wasn't God. <laughs> if it tells you no such thing, that's foolishness to believe that God would come in the flesh. I hear it all the time on Facebook with thousands and thousands of clicks. Like, there's a false preacher who was a preacher, left the kingdom, left the church, and he's trying to turn people away from the church. And he's got more people clicking on this stuff than people who are preaching the word of God right now. He got mad with God. And so you get mad with God and you're trying to turn people away. That's not the way you go. So, ask if the spirit will confess that Jesus came in the flesh. You have to have faith to do that. How would you know? Well, I believe the word of God, that God was manifested in the flesh. Paul told Timothy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. That's the mystery of godliness. Then in verse 3, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is none of God. So very few times will you hear anyone saying that, especially false religions. They will come against that because it takes faith to believe it. The Bible says this is the spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that has now come and even now already is in the world. He's in the world. Antichrist is here. Antichrist is with us, pushing us away from Jesus, pushing us away from wholeness, pushing us away from precepts. Getting us to begin to catch phrases and flowing with phrases, not with the word. 
with organizations that's not tied to scripture. If you weren't in this ministry, find the church that's preaching word and submit to it. God will bless you. And then in verse 4, you are of God, little children. Know who you are and know where you're coming from. You have overcome them. You have overcome Antichrist. Not because of you, but greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. So today, we're talking about John, the apostle who walked with Jesus and wrote his gospel accounts as he ministered before his ascension. And John writes very uh, clearly, uh, clearly about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as manifested in the earth. He was writing letters to his church, his particular church that he ministered to from the Isles of Patmos while the church was under heavy persecution. Now I want you to get this. The church was under heavy persecution. They were, people were being slaughtered and pulled out. And uh, John saw the martyrs. Many believers were being crucified and beheaded because of their belief. Now you really have to know in what you believe. If, if people, you see people being beheaded for the gospel. Right now, if someone just threatened us, we would run. Many of us would run from Jesus. But these people from the early church really believed that God uh, was God and that Jesus was Lord and was willing to die for it. And they did. Paul writes from an owl, the owl of, the owl of Patmos. I want you to get that. He's isolated and I'll explain that in a moment. It was a time of great harassment for the church, a dark time. If you pronounced your faith in Jesus Christ, you were essentially denouncing your allegiance to all forms of leadership and rule in the earth. I want you to see that. If you pronounce your faith in Jesus, you were denouncing that uh, you were denouncing that Caesar was God. Now today we have America and in America we have freedom of speech and so people have taken it to the farthest end. You'll see ladies stand up in front of men and go off on them. Just go off. Okay. There's never been a time in any country where that kind of stuff happened. You'll see men going off on others, going off on a lady, cursing her out, cursing out women with no discretion at all. We've gone too far with our liberty. We're only 300 years old. But we have 6,000 years of human history where nothing like this has ever happened before. When you pronounce your faith in Jesus in John's day, you were denouncing any other ruler in the world, which would, which would be a death sentence for you. If you came against Caesar, this is why Jesus was crucified. Pilate say, I find no fault in the man. But the chief priest and all of them said, he says that he's God. And if he say he's God, then he's not a friend to Caesar. Whoa. Then it caused Pilate to say, man, if I don't do something about this man, then Caesar may think I'm in allegiance with him. And all of us could be dead. Because all he had to do is speak and legions from Rome would come in and wipe everybody out. And Pilate didn't want to be replaced. Y'all understand that? So then he went ahead. This Bible says he didn't want to because his wife told him to leave this man alone. She had a dream about it. Don't touch him. 
Something about this man. He overruled his wife. And the Bible says he washed his hands of the man. And when he had scourged him, he gave him over to be crucified. And you know what the scourging was, right? You watch the passion of the Christ. It's only a little blip in the scriptures, but you got to know how severe that was. They beat him until he was unrecognizable. Y'all understand that? And it was because Jesus' rule was challenged. So he had to show, he had to show them that I'm, I can't allow this to happen. And if anybody say they're God or they're not uh, giving their allegiance to Caesar, I must slay them and I must severely punish him. We call it the passion of the Christ. Y'all understand? So you got to understand that if you pronounce your faith in Jesus, you are denouncing all of the rulers in the earth today, earthly rulers. This great proclamation or confession of faith was surely to get you a one-way ticket to the resurrection. A one-way ticket to prison, to be incarcerated. Y'all understand? By making a statement like that, you go in the jail. You got to understand that. So who would make a statement like that unless they really believe? Today we're casual with our faith until we're tested. Are you a Christian? Hey, I don't believe in all. I See, I love God, but I don't believe in all that holy stuff. That's what we say today with just a little pressure, a little, a little pressure from people on the job. Are you, do you, do you, are you, you're a Christian? If they said that, well, you're a Christian? No, I'm not. You know, I believe in God, but I don't believe in all that religion stuff, that religious stuff, going to church all of the time. What? Let's go back. Let's scroll back to a time where people really believed what they were willing to put on the line. This is a one-way ticket to the penitentiary. If you said, I believe in Jesus. Often you became a martyr after making a statement like that. Not only did you believe in Jesus, but you were killed because of it. Thank God for America, because in America we have freedom of speech and freedom of what? Religion. And this is why we honor the Constitution that's in this country because you can serve God in the beauty of holiness all day long, go to church on a Wednesday night, nobody's saying anything about it. The government isn't saying you have crazies out there. That's why we need security ministry. We need people that's watching. It'll be bad if they come down the aisle and just walk down the aisle. We're sitting here singing Kumbaya and I say, y'all let them in. I'll see you at the resurrection. That would be sad, right? That's what's happening in our country. And I don't know why people aren't serious about their relationship with the Lord. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired? Frustrated? Do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. 
you don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at The Word of Truth Revealed at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 1762. That's reference number 1762. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above your ability, but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God loves you. And so do I. I want you to be encouraged. Lift up your head and let the King of Glory come in. Who is this King? He's our Lord our Savior. He's mighty and strong and he's mighty to fight in every battle that you're facing. Until next time, God bless you and keep you is my prayer. <laughs>